tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! I, I honestly like don't want to go right into the show oh, because yeah. I love this one so bad. Oh yeah! Stacy's mom, Nas's mom, oh, Nas's mom, classic. Or um, um, Alva's mom. As Nas. I hope all of you know, that is Stacy's mom. One of the greatest songs ever, ever. made. Bowling for soup, right? Um, and yes, this is the After Buzz oh, Fountains of recap. Oh, Fountains of Wayne. It is Fountains of Wayne. Get it right, Amanda. I thought it was Bowling for Soup. <laughs> I can see it right there too, and I, didn't, yeah. I still said it wrong. It's right on the. You know what? It's cool because we can just play more Stacy's Mom, which is like again my in top five jams. Yeah. Another theme song, I think, aside from Ferris Bueller's Day Off that we we talked about last week. This one is pretty good. Yeah. Thank you, Frank, for suggesting it. This is the Limitless After Show yeah. um, extended intro because this song is so good. Uh, but this is episode eight. Guys, please, uh, if you are watching, please hashtag ABTV Limitless uh, with all of your questions, comments. We love to hear from you. Uh, tweet to the panel. Who are you guys? Please introduce yourselves. <laughs> I'm Amanda. You can find me at AmandaFTA31, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And guys, I'm Frank Majorana. I will be attempting to keep my posture like Amanda tonight. And you can find me on Twitter at Let's Go Frank M. Awesome. Well, I am JB Zimmerman, your host. You can find me at JB underscore Zimmerman. Uh, but let's get into the episode, guys. <laughs> as much as I would love Stacy's mom yeah. to keep playing for the rest of my life. Um, the episode is called When Pirates Pirate Pirates, which obviously we go into uh, later in the episode with that whole pirating of pirates. But... To start it off, you know, it was really a a Nas Brian episode, mm-hmm. which you know we've kind of built up to. We started kind of hating Nas, and then we saw more and more of her peeling back the layers of the onion that is Nas um, to finally get us to a point where she's actually a good character, um, one that you know is is on our side, is on Brian's side, and she has a very lovely home. Very well decorated. Yes, she does. Great and I love I love how last week I said that I didn't really think that it was about Brian and we mm-hmm. we were saying like maybe she is starting to care about Brian and I said, No, I, I think it's above him but now I think she's definitely on his side. And by the end there was one scene where she was behind her desk at the end and she he said something and you could just see her smile in that way where like he's so charming that she can't help it. <laughs> and I was like, She's she's hooked. She's in. Yeah, she's less of a sort of like skeleton figure now. She's much more of a real character. We saw her um, a couple weeks ago concerned about Rebecca's dad and revealing her strategy and getting Rebecca the file and moving her up to a position where she would have that type of access. And we saw last week with her concern for Brian when he was out in the field on his black ops mission. And now today I genuinely fell for her when she got captured and um, taken away to CIA headquarters unknown or some you know black uh, site where she was going to be interrogated and I fell for her I felt bad for her and we saw her daughter Alva which uh, you know I'm excited to talk about her <laughs> uh, as the show goes on but we saw that she has a family and 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 other people that depend on her to to uh, for strength and for getting their cousin out of trouble in right. this episode. So, yeah, yeah, that's, like you were saying, we're peeling the onion back, we're getting a lot more layers with Nas as the series goes on. Exactly, and the more I learn about her, the more everything makes sense. You know, she was kind of a, a fuddy-duddy character mm-hmm. that like wasn't really 
uh, one of the fun ones, but it's because she's got a lot of weight on her shoulders. She's the head of the department. A lot of, um, you know, the responsibilities fall on her, and she has to make sure everybody does their job. She's the boss. Like, she has to be sort of the bad guy every once in a while. Having said that, you know, I think that she really sees a lot of value in Brian and is protecting him. Like, we saw a lot in the last episode, trying to get him back, doing what she could. Um, And now even more so, I mean, as he continually proves himself as a valuable asset, she, you know, really takes him under under the wing of the department and wants to protect him, wants to make sure that everybody is working together to make sure that, you know, nothing bad happens. They've really come together as a team, I think, the whole, like, FBI um, especially in this episode. Well, yeah, and I liked what you said too about not when you're the boss, not everybody's going to like you. And but at this, at the end of this episode, when Nas returns, everybody's cheering and happy that she came back. And so I can sympathize with her position. I supervise people during the day. I watch the way that my boss interacts with me and other people at my level. And sometimes you have to tell people things that they don't want to hear. So your boss is not always, you know, the person that's your favorite some days, but. Ultimately, I think there's a respect there that we saw during this episode Mm -hmm. that exploded at the end in a happiness when A. Dick Johnson, (laughs) Um, very very clever name from our writers tonight, (laughs) A. Dick Johnson, Johnson. um, as he's leaving the building. No, exactly. And we talk a lot about the comedy that they bring into the show that just Mm -hmm. adds another uh, (laughs) layer, and I think they really threw it on um, in a a hilarious way. Not just with with A. Dick Johnson, uh, because that was the perfect name, but even, even, you know, taking that name a layer deeper and, like, having Brian text all of his contacts <laughs> that he is a micro penis yeah. was just like I literally laughed out loud yeah. like that was such like a a thing that I have never really seen in a procedural show it's like so out of context I thought for, you were say something else for, something yeah. I haven't ever really seen in real life in, in real, real life <laughs> well not yet, and hopefully no, never. Hopefully no. <laughs> oh if you have, though, Frank, please. No, no, well, the okay. Hangover too. Uh, okay. Oh, oh well, yeah. Ken I mean, Dom. I guess. Yes. How can you forget? Totally. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I guess yeah. uh, I have seen that movie, so perhaps. But it is true in the show. I feel like when, as soon as it gets a little too dramatic or a little too procedurally, they yeah, they bring something and they light it up and exactly. they make you laugh, and I love that. Yeah, so this, I'm entertained. This episode, I think, in the past, some of the jokes have been a bit too cute or sugary. Right. And this episode, like you were saying, I genuinely laughed out loud. It felt funny. In mm-hmm. a not a campy kind of way, but in a way where you kinda of shake your head and you go, Oh Brian, you know, he's making a silly joke again or playing some prank on a guy. But it actually was kind of funny. Yeah. I mean how many times do you know in your real life where someone leaves their Facebook open and you go on and you know, write on their wall right. some yes. horrible thing about them, right? You're laughing because you know what happened. So it's something that was very relatable tonight. The the thing overall that I love best about this episode was the writing itself. I thought it was a superbly written episode. Yeah. Um, my second favorite to the Eddie Moore episode from a couple um, couple uh, episodes ago. So I, I really like the way that they incorporated the story with, like you were saying, the funny elements too. But then. We saw Mr. Sands at the end, too. So, and Brian right. makes good use of it. Well, it's a really subtle style thing that they do. It's not, you know, too much at any time. And it's not too little where it's, it's, it gets dry. You know, they keep it yeah. at a, a constant level, you know, and it's credit to the writers that just, you know, that's sort of their flair. And it, it never goes to an extreme way. I mean, like, you were, we were talking, like, sometimes they have to be a little bit more theatrical. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I can get behind those points, but even when it's as small as like figuring out the code word pomegranate, (laughs) like it's such a a random thing, but it, it, in this show, it totally fits. And it's like, they don't need, because of how they've written the whole thing, you know, they don't need to explain that beyond them saying pomegranate like two times. It's, it's light and it's, and it's funny. It's not like, it doesn't need to be a gigantic punchline for the whole episode of the series, but it's, peppering those things in that I think, you know, keep a light kind of, uh, you know, mood as you're watching it. Yeah, and just to further your example, I loved the jump cut to the flashback of Nas mouthing the words. Yeah, pomegranate. 
He's like, was, I can relive. It was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good moment that I enjoyed. And I love the character development that's going on with Brian. I think that's a, both between the actor and the writers. He's become such a character that you love and that you want to see do well and you, you mm-hmm. really like care about him. I remember just even today in the first scene when he was like, wow, this apartment's awesome. Yeah. I was kind of like... Oh, I'm so excited to see Brian again, you know? And that's yeah. the cool thing about TV, too, is it it comes into your home. It becomes, you know, like a weekly thing that you do. And you need a character like that, that you absolutely adore. And I just, you know, in the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, Brian, like, he's this guy that's a music person. And, you know, he's kind of a slacker. But now you see how good of a person he is and all that, and it's just it's just great. And just to expand on your point, I think now the show has become free of the movie, and mm-hmm. I think you're right. In the first couple episodes, Brian was almost a carbon copy of Eddie Moore's character with a few slight tweaks. Now he's his own person. He's completely different. When I watch him act, or when I watch the character now, I'm not thinking of Eddie Mora or the movie. The show has taken the training wheels off, and now they're totally on their own concept. Mm -hmm. So I think I I totally agree with you in that, yeah, now when Brian comes on and he tells a funny joke and he gets out of something in a quirky way, it's it's interesting and it's fun and it's new. Uh, Something that I didn't feel at, at the beginning of this series, but that I do now. Yeah, and I think I think it's a perfect... I think also the writers and the actors are starting to become more comfortable in this series. I mean, that's just by doing it multiple times every right. week. They just seem more comfortable, mm-hmm. which just makes it way more interesting. Absolutely. Plus, I think overall, each cast member, you know, because they've gotten more screen time, they've had the chance to show the nuances of their characters mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, we've learned a lot about them. It may have come in little tiny bits and pieces and morsels, but now I feel like we are getting to know them a lot, and I do like pretty much everybody. I mean, even um, Agent Boyle, who, you know, yeah. has always been sort of a supporting character, has shined in certain moments. You know, he's Still kind of in the background a bit, but, you know, more we see of him, it does kind of build in a meaningful way. Yep. You know, even like this slight screen time he had this episode um, with his, you know, moments with Rebecca and making, you know, the moment of how much he cares about the the department and his, his scene with um, A. Dick Johnson and how he was kind of playing him, you know, that... Yeah was very telling about how smart he is, how quick he is, and where his loyalties lie. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think we're peeling the onion back with him, too. Because so far, he has felt like a state-the-facts guy. Mm -hmm. Here's your facts, and all right, now I'm going to get out of the way. Um, This episode, we got to see his motivations, his ability to deceive his bosses as he was given a mission to go on by Rebecca. And we really haven't seen so far the motivations of Boyle. What makes him tick? What does he love? What does he hate? What is he fighting for? And in this episode, we got a peek into that. So I love what you just said there, and I I totally agree and back you up in that we are getting to know these characters on a deeper level, which makes us care about them, which Mm -hmm. makes us excited to see them every week and Mm -hmm. to see what's what's happening in their lives. And I think they showed glimpses of Boyle last week. I remember last week I said I'm excited that we got to see a little bit more of him, but this week... It was obviously yeah. above and beyond last exactly. week. Exactly. And, yeah, I, Amanda, I, I do want to agree that what you said is is very resonating, is very much so resonating with me because, um, you know, I didn't realize how happy I am when I see these characters now. Like, yeah. there is such a positivity in each of them, and there's such mm-hmm. a teamwork that it is exciting, and it's so it makes it so easy to root for them. Like, yeah. whenever they're on screen, I hate everyone that they're go against. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love them so much. I'm, like, literally, you know, eating popcorn and being like, yeah, like, let's <laughs> let's check Mike, micro-penis to everybody on that guy's phone. Yes. You know, and like... you don't even know who he is that well. Exactly. He could actually like, be a good, I mean, a good person in the end. Yeah. But, and can we also talk about how Rebecca keeps up with Brian pretty well when he's on NZT. Yeah. Like, it just reminds me how smart she is because you're watching those scenes... And he is on NZT, so he's super, super, super smart, but she's able to, like, you know, she'll be like, he'll say, oh, and then we're going to do it, and she'll go, oh, we're going to do this, aren't we? And you, she's she's brilliant. It's so funny that you say that, because it was one of the things I said in the first two episodes of the show before you came on board. I said, yeah. when Brian is on NZT, Rebecca is earning her understanding of scenes and, and cases without yeah. help that Brian needs, and you're right, they are on the same level. So it adds to her, the the smartness of her 
character yeah. that she can come up with sort of the same things, which yeah. is really interesting. And speaking of them, we had a great uh, tweet that came to us this week on on Twitter. This is from K-pop Kim at K A N D K pop Kim R-I-C, yeah. at Kendrick. Uh, she tweeted at us. Just watched tonight's ABTV Limitless recap. Love that you're on the Brecca ship too. Yes. This is this is to you. I saw uh, that. LOL heart. That Frank is also on board. She gives us a big thumbs up on that. So um, K pop Kim. Or Kendrick, however you like to be addressed. We are uh, big fans of the Brecca ship. I'm still Team Brecca, even though today they brought in a little bit of a new love interest. Oh, yeah. If you guys want to get to her. I mean, which is... Um, <laughs> I think we a, should. I still think it's to be Team Brecca. <laughs> no, well, I, I'm jumping ship. I'm jumping ship today to a new ship. Well, yeah, I mean, that can come down the line. Okay. I think that's more long-term. No, um, but... No, I meant the Bre- Team Brecca. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think we necessarily need to be off Team Brecca to I'm be gone. on. I'm gone. Uh, You're gone? Team Nas's daughter. Team Nas's daughter, Elva. Elva. So. Cutie. Not for life. Boys love her. I mean, what's not to like? She's super cute, got a great personality. Looking dreamy eyed into Brian's big eyes. And when those, that, when they were close at the end of the episode, I was like standing up off my stool wanting to see them kiss. I'm like, you're right there. Kiss her. And then they didn't do it. Look, is that what you wrote? That's what you wrote. I wrote wrote as as large (laughs) as I can on my notes. Kiss her, bro. You're right there. I mean, you could feel the, the chemistry happening between them. And I'm like, you can go to work later. <laughs> Handle this now. Get the kiss in and then come back later if That's you have to go. That's your boss's daughter. So what? Which is the I best part less. about it. <laughs> I couldn't care um, less. I don't know. I didn't like well, no, she also seems like a very a very nice girl. So that's probably the best part about it. Uh, She's very positive as well. We love the positivity. And she carries a gun. Um, She does. She's take charge. Yeah. Um, They're in love, lovely. in case any of you are wondering. <laughs> well, what I, and and I think it's worth noting that in her own way, Nas gave his um, Brian her blessing. That's right, she did. So boom, Good. that's happening. Yeah, we're dropping the mic on you, Amanda. Get I didn't board. find her to be that interesting of a character, but maybe it's, it's okay. coming. Well, no, that's I, just me. It would surprise me that they did so much uh, work this episode introducing them. Obviously, the chemistry with them, they had a very clear moment at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, for nothing, if they're not going to no, bring it's, it back. it's going to happen. Plus, it's, it's a, just it's, a distraction yeah. from Brecca, but we'll get back on the, <laughs> we'll get back on the right path soon, I'm sure. No, no, no. Well, hey, she's, okay. she's so dating hard. someone. She is. She's busy. Who we haven't she's, seen in a while. She's busy. No, he's coming back. He's coming back. Right. And then, uh, remi- they reminded him about yeah. us, or about him, it, with the whole, um, screw Mary kill game that they were playing. I was just about to oh, say yeah. that. Uh, and Crazy. again, the, the sort of fun that we love, or that I love on the show is that, like, yeah. they pull that, those fun games, like I, it's you laughed like such a at random. some point while that was happening. What what did you laugh at specifically? Well, okay, so aside from the the screw Mary kill game yeah. and the fact that like there really isn't a de- denomination of who is Mike and who is Ike, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Um, <laughs> the whole sign thing that Brian's wearing um, is another tribute to to a movie that uh, it's like one of my favorites, Die Hard Three. Bruce Willis does that in oh. in public. Um, it's not the same exact same scenario, but it's sort of sort of the same thing where you're out in public uh, wearing a sign in like a, a specifically bad neighborhood so that you would get noticed. Um, mm. But you know, it's those types of, of cameos, and they don't just do you know, let's do a kidnapping overseas, like blatantly ripping off Taken. Hmm. Without you know a- acknowledging that, that I have a series as well, I have a particular so, you know, set of skills. Exactly, you said um, yeah, it again they, this week. They put that mm-hmm. line in for a specific reason. It's it's the awareness of what the show is and what it's trying to do is keeps reminding me that it is so smart. You know, it, mm-hmm. it knows exactly what it's trying to do. It's it's being smart and funny, but also not taking itself too seriously. And you can feel things coming, too, with this show. I thought at the beginning of this episode when Nas goes and sits in that meeting and threatens to expose Black Ops, 
operations in America, I'm thinking, no, there's no way you can disclose that. These types of employees at high level, secret access, they all sign NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, to not ever talk about those types of events or national security or surveillance or anything like that. So for her to walk into a meeting and go, well, I'll go to the press. And I felt about this, felt this, I felt this feeling about last week's episode as well, because Rebecca met with that CIA operative and threatened to expose the location of their assets. I'm thinking there's no way she's going to go out and expose people. And the same thing with Nas in this episode. It was a bluff. A bad bluff, mm-hmm. something that didn't ring true for me, but then also maybe led me to believe that something bad was about to happen to Nas because you don't go walking into a government meeting and say, oh, and if you don't do what I want, I'm going to the press. Yep. That's the quickest way to get yourself into trouble. Yeah. Right. I think. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a b- bold move. Um, I agree with you. That was kind of a uh less than than stellar moment because yeah. i think for the most part they do a lot to kind of raise the bar with everybody at the FBI. Mm-hmm. You know, they make everybody smart even though Brian is obviously ahead of the game when he's on NCT, all of the characters aren't that far behind. Right. You know, and they're normal. So i that gives me a lot of reassurance that people in the FBI are really smart that you know they are doing their job and and they're protecting people kind of behind the scenes mm-hmm. like you know uh failures are known successes are not type of stuff and that's that's awesome to see uh, you know at the same time they do need scapegoats of corruption and things and so uh, I think just to make it easier they may use the other agencies like the CIA as kind of a, a punching bag for that kind of thing yeah. to wean the corruption out so it's not in their department specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting balance that they have to keep by by doing that. It all goes as part of the creative choices of this show as a whole. There was a point and I wanted you to talk about during the episode mm. where Brian the tells, yeah, Brian tells Rebecca that he has extra NZT and he gives her a look and we cut to commercial. We come back from commercial and we skip the scene where he's explaining it to her and he's just on the phone on the radio trying to get somebody to talk to him. Exactly. I was I, I was really upset that they didn't go back to that. And because that's I'll, a big yeah. moment, it was. Right? It was. That's a big though. reveal, though. True. That's true. a big reveal because he's not supposed to have any extra. Exactly. So how did he get the extra? Obviously, they have trust there built up when he gave Rebecca the file about her dad. So why we missed that scene? I right. think that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, there. and especially since they made it a point. Point to almost acknowledge that Rebecca saw that his uh, bonsai tree was fake yes. and didn't need to be watered. So you know, she and we, after just talking about how smart she is, you know, yeah. she probably would put two and two together that he's pulling something shady. And then when she realizes he had extra NZT, like you know, I feel like we could have solved that in some meaningful, interesting way. I yeah. feel like we're going to go back to it. It's going to have to because they wouldn't, right. they wouldn't put it on a commercial. Exactly. Like that. It was a I mean, huge, it's a pretty player. big thing to have extra NZT, exactly. and she completely calls him out on it, and he just gives her like, "Well, it's unless, me. unless he was kind yeah, of like, like you know, do you want to figure out this case or not? Like, let's not worry about this right now." Kind of right. Place. No. Again, I mean, we can chalk it up to you know, Whatever, editing yeah. room floor time I think type so. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, it was a great moment. They built up towards it. It. it I was really looking for how he was going to get out of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously he can't tell her everything because of the weight of Eddie Mora's um, invisible hand will come crashing down in an instant. Right. But, you know, he can't... What else is he going to say? I got it off the street? Or, you know, the only other option is that he may have pocketed some from the FBI by not taking one for a day or, or something. It is a plot hole mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah. And as much as we love this show, we have to point out some things when it's not... Uh, when it didn't make sense to us. And I think they missed an opportunity there for a, a real moment between Brian and Rebecca. And it's something that you just can't ignore. You, we have to have some resolution to that issue because he's not supposed to have any extra. So why does he have it? That's mm-hmm. a that's a big thing. Right. I think like you were saying, I don't think that would escape Rebecca's notice or curiosity to find out what happened there. Right. Plus, you know, again, she 
keeps or tries to keep Brian on a pretty short leash. So mm-hmm. if he was just trying to BS her and been like, uh, I found it, yeah. you know, she would have been like, okay, Brian, like, let's sit down and figure this out because she, you know, is smarter than that. Mm-hmm. Watch that's the top of the next episode. Yeah. Her just being like, 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 okay, great. Okay. I'm glad everything so worked MDT. out. So. Yeah. Let's talk about this for a second. Yeah, actually, that would be a, a really cool way to do it. Right. And they're writing the rest of the season right now. The back nine order came in just a couple weeks ago, so I bet they're back in production right now. So hopefully, they're listening to this show and stealing Listen, all our I ideas. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, again, in the procedural show, it's never over till it's over completely. So right. hopefully, they do go back to it and they touch upon right. how because uh, you know they in all the other episodes they make a very big deal about how. He only gets one a day, mm-hmm. you know, how, and it's re, there's really no other suppliers. You know, in previous episodes, we learned that there was kind of a some type of black market supply, and that got cracked down, and mm-hmm. that's when, you know, bad things started happening. People started getting killed over this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to keep that whole storyline, I think this has to be resolved. Agreed. It will. It will. I, I have faith. faith in these writers. I, I believe in them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, back to Nas's daughter. <laughs> Good idea. Well, no family. way, we're gonna go back to that. <laughs> Good idea. Go well, on, JB. it's an easy segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Nas's whole family is, you know, very, very attractive, which I wouldn't have guessed, but I'm happy. Very happy. Well, no, I, I hope that there's like a reunion because <laughs> this even, is what we're talking about. How attractive Nas's family is. Yeah, Listen, this is what we're talking okay. about. <laughs> Amanda, okay. just just let him do. It. Just, okay. just I need a hot guy it. to come just on to the show it, for me. Well, I, I get Jake every every week, so that's yeah. Good. You get Jake McDormand exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? You know, Bradley Cooper's in the cam- yeah. cameos all the time. Like, what else do you want? I mean, I do love Bradley Cooper, but that was one time. I guess I was twice actually. Twice. yeah. Yeah. So okay. far, so far. Okay. Um, well, no, I just meant to to say with the right. daughter to get to you know the whole pirating thing, the double pirating, yes. um, which was interesting. I, and I like how they do. It's not just as simple like, oh, she was abducted and we need to get her back. It was like a little bit deeper. You know, it, she was abducted and then they use. Um, you know, the radio tool to like find some, some kid, C Swaggler. At C uh, Swaggler. At C Swaggler. Right, because he's uh, on Twitter. Exactly, he is. He's got, he's building up a following. He's uh, competing <laughs> with the terrorist groups he's following. Um, hopefully he's surpassed them. The pirate groups. We hope so. The pirate groups, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Which are the, the GAM and the Wangsa, which are obviously competing. They're stealing from each other. Um, so that was kind of an interesting dynamic. I mean, it was, you know, light enough where they didn't need to explain it so thoroughly. It wasn't, like, overly complex. But at the same time, it was deeper than a simple, like, she was stolen in yes. the middle of the night by someone. You know, and then we <laughs> got to to have layers where it was, you know, the Malaysian gangs in America that you know, we're, we're running opium and, you know, there was a way to contact them. And, mm-hmm. and he had a, you know, a video game, uh, obsession. Um, and luckily for Brian, when he was taking a, a bong rip in his college dorm room, <laughs> that was funny. he was listening to his, his geeky roommate kind of wax on about the same, like v- ultra rare pinball machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's those kinds of, Oddly specific moments that I really like. It's it's so colorful, you know. It it accomplishes so much in such a little time frame. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you know Brian had been in that dorm room scenario means that he went to college. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know where he he ended up, so it didn't quite work out. And how they explain that is he was obviously smoking weed the whole time. <laughs> so you know, they they really. It adds up on, on a basic character level that is is so deep, and it so far you know hasn't overlapped in weird ways where it's like, oh, well, that's a weird choice. You know, it does come together very cohesively. Yeah, I liked what you said about this week's 
uh, case of the week kind of being much more simple and easy to understand and a, a credit to the production team for coming up with a new cool visual way of understanding what was happening with Matura. So when she's on the pirate ship, we had this cool map overlay with all the different competing pirates and we saw when she got switched from ship to ship, mm -hmm. uh, just a little cut in pic, uh, video of where she was and kind of trapped. Uh, I like that we didn't see her you know, getting beaten or anything crazy like that. We, like, we get the point as right. viewers and they trust us to understand what's going on. But then we got cool visual elements again from this, uh, from this show that seems to show up every episode. And this one was kind of a map pirates of the Caribbean type of feel to it that made a winding story much more simple to understand for all of us. And you've talked about it in the past, the color, the saturation right. levels, uh, the visual things. We've seen Brian make elaborate models out of uh, post-it notes. Yes. And there's always something neat that I haven't seen before in each episode. And it is a great credit to the crew and the production team to come up with these creative ways to make cases of the week that are often winding and conspiracy-related very understandable to right. us as an audience. Exactly. Yeah, no, and different. I, you know, I agree with with both of you guys. It's it's great to see that creative mind. You know, obviously this is a TV show, not like a million dollar budgeted movie. Right. So you know they do have some things to to cut back on, but you know they do it in a very visual way where it's not like you know you don't need all the visual effects of like them flying on an airplane and like right. you know the boats and you know hiring all these terrorists to sh to show what you need to convey you know they did it with just simple uh, like a map style drawing you mm -hmm. know even the the planes going back and forth of you know when they were released accomplished so much in a very creative way and and it's a tribute to all the creators obviously we had Josh on here uh, a few weeks ago you know how they can kind of work within the confines of, of, you know, obviously being a director of just an episode, if that's the case, but also, you know, within the strengths of being in a procedural show, yeah. time, and everything, what yeah. they can accomplish. With They're this. working with what they have. Exactly. I did find it interesting, though, that when Felix called, when they were in the apartment with Naz's apartment, mm -hmm. it said... Felix calling well, yeah. on the yeah. caller ID. I mean, well, I know, it's a, secure, it was line. I know think, yeah. it's a secure line. It was still a little bizarre. Right, but that was in her house. Do you do you think that uh, Nas wouldn't have a caller ID? Because that was I, essentially more of like a Skype thing. I just it was weird that it was just said Felix. I don't know. I get where you're coming from. I thought that, it should say a, like yeah. mm, <laughs> just caller ID block code maybe. or yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe some sort of code Co name or something. Pomegranate or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pineapple, apple, I don't know, but not Felix the terrorist. Right. I mean, he didn't see the terrorist, but... Felix the pirate. Well, yeah, yeah he's not a terrorist. He just he's not the pirate. The right. Oh, sorry. He, he's which is the same yeah. Well, the same yeah, in the eyes of some government agencies, it is the same. But that leads me <laughs> to my question for you guys. I had a thought as we were watching this episode that we continue to have each episode a separate villain... We get one villain a week, and maybe it's sometimes two different people who are bad guys. I think JB and I had talked about this a few weeks ago. The show misses a central antagonist. Mm. I'd love to see one bad guy that we are all fighting against here um, that are that our forces for good, which are Brian and Rebecca and, and Boyle and everyone else, are fighting against. And I think that would be ultimately, ultimately where I'd like to see the show to go, whether that's Carl Van Loon from the movies or if it's somebody new. I'd really like to know who it is that's on the other side of this NZT issue who's trying to eradicate it because it's still out there. That's still an unresolved plot point. And while we have these various governmental agencies battling over jurisdiction, it kind of feels like that's been done before. Mm -hmm. So I really think, and I wanted to ask you guys, you know, what do you, do you feel like the show needs a central antagonist to, to take it to the next level? Well, I kind of feel like the central, I don't know if it's the central antagonist, but the central issue is the Eddie Mora stuff. Right. The the figuring out why he's immune, the trying to to help Eddie Mora and figure out what his whole scheme is. That's the one underlying plot line that I feel like is going throughout the series. Right, but we're not getting a lot of that every week. 
And as much as yeah. I, I, I wish it was all just like when we, when you and I were here, and it was just all Eddie Mora stuff. Uh, that was great. That was my yeah. favorite episode because we learned so much. Now again, we talked about logistical right. challenges of having an Oscar <laughs> nominated an actor, yeah. actor in your show, and he's not going to be able to show up every week. But I, but there could be his people. There could be his people. Right. I love seeing Mr. Sands show exactly. up. Yeah, we got a little bit of Sands right there at the end. Yeah, and he Brian actually uses him. This time. Right. Which is a reversal from their relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's sort of Brian coming out of his own and showing that he was the right choice by Eddie Mora. And the fact that he, Eddie Mora did, you know, decide to do what he was presenting, you know, is proof of that. That it is working. It is a system. You know, it's kind of the first dynamic of that we've seen where they've worked together on something and it's actually been done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, actually back to your point, Amanda, I would love to see what's holding Eddie Mora back from doing more things. Not that we necessarily have to see him. I would love to, cause it's probably a good word, but yeah, you know, maybe they can, um, you know, integrate more of his, you know, again, invisible hand kind of doing certain things like, right. you know, the movement of Mora, maybe it's in, the news stories that they're talking about it or, you know, what, what have you. You know, he is a senator, so he can oh. do certain things publicly that would, many, many people would talk about. He moved Paulson out this week. Exactly. Paulson is gone. So, actually, yeah, you know, we talk a lot about bigger antagonists. And they, while they do have them, they do also get rid of them just as fast. Right. I mean, Paulson was kind of in and out this episode and he was a pretty high up mm-hmm. um so i wonder if there is going to be someone bigger behind the scenes that they are working for you know why are there so many corrupt people mm-hmm. um well because it's america it is america true oh, but on. you know like, or it's life i guess i should say what were his emotions i mean i uh, it was very easy to to <laughs> point the hate finger at a dick johnson this episode Jeez. you know is is he just uh, you know, a bumbling assistant. I hope so. DIC. <laughs> it's just kind of a um, douchebag character. Right. It wasn't really interesting. And um, that's actually a really good actor. He's been in a lot of uh, TV and film. Exactly. And he, and he plays the character really well. This is not right. a critique on, on the actor. It's more of a, I want, I really want a sophisticated, scheming antagonist. No, I do too. But, I, you know, I would love, because, you know, I think that. If it was so early in the for- and in the forefront, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it runs a risk of a you know never getting solved and like drawing out the story, which uh, you know they're very good at not doing with this. Mm-hmm. But also, you know that it would be almost like too public to be you know he would have for I'm imagining like the antithesis of Eddie Mora right. would have to be someone with his own pawns, sort of like. You know, a, a Dick Johnson that you know might not be as smart to to be on like the good side, but he's just doing as he's told, trying to like find out more information or something. Right. You know, I would I would love these pawns to kind of all be adding up. They are very quick to write them off the list and dismiss them. Right. But you know, I'd love to kind of get like a, a Dr. Evil kind of behind the behind yeah, the scenes being yeah. like, uh, we lost another one. I agree with you. Do you yeah. guys think that these episodes could stand alone? I thought this episode could. I thought last week's probably could not. I thought two weeks ago the Eddie Moore episode was the best episode of the series so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so some yes, some no. But though they did connect last week's episode to this week's. Which I really liked. It wasn't this clean break as if nothing had happened the week before. Um, they are taking elements from the story from last week and incorporating it into this week's episode. Nas starts this episode with a scene with Brian saying, what happened with you is unacceptable and I'm going Washington to fix it. And so it rewards us as viewers for investing our time every week and coming in and understanding who these characters are and learning their names and and being interested in their stories because otherwise if everything wraps up neat and tidy every week and we're on to something brand new you can tune in at any point and just be caught up with it right and i don't want that for this show i want to be rewarded for watching and caring each and every week and i feel like that's the landscape of television right now because of binge watching and netflix and things like that people want dvr people want a story that they that constantly relates and that they can constantly keep up with whereas 
the old 22 episode format is kind of was more like you know you sit with your family and watch TV right. and, right. and just have it, have it on exactly that yeah. is such a yeah. great point no I mean, very true very true landscape. I mean it's yeah. it's you know when we do watch TV now it's it is with intention almost oh. because we know I mean you, you sometimes have it on as well just kind of in the background but you know with these types of shows you know it does reward you for paying attention and for looking deeper um, to f- keeping up to date you know people uh, talk about it everywhere so you have to watch like there's an urgency to watch it on time um, or close to because you don't want to you know with social media it's so easy to find spoilers right um, you know obviously <laughs> in the show we talk about a lot of them yeah um, so you know I, I do like that at the same time I love how approachable this show is even though they're rewarding me for knowing this whole black ops scenario that we just saw last episode it's not so intense where if I was watching it with someone that hadn't seen that last episode wouldn't know what's going on mm-hmm. you know they can still follow and still have you know almost as much fun viewing it as me even though you know they they didn't know how how deep that conspiracy was and how interconnected the characters were. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still having so much fun and, and enjoyable to watch. You know, it's it's enough on its own merit that it could stand alone, which is, I, I think, you know, even more tribute to the writers that the, it can do both. And, yeah. I, and I think network TV is trying to figure that out right now when people are watching cable television and shows like Breaking Bad where it's like an independent movie every episode. Right. Yeah. I mean, they have... They're trying to figure out, okay, we still have a format of 22 episodes. We still have advertising the same way that we used to. How do we incorporate what people are loving with our format? And I think the writers on this show are doing a really great job of doing Mm -hmm. innovative new things for network television. Exactly. I mean, yeah, the whole landscape of TV is changing um, as we speak. Right. Um, Yes, the golden age. Exactly. I mean, for better or for worse, it's it's almost like Josh was saying, there's so much TV, it's like, you know, you can only work on so much. There's only so many people to do the work because it's it's all so good and there's so much content, which is the best problem to have, I think. Right. And to go off of your point, Amanda, I, I'm, I'm not looking in this show for Breaking Bad or The Walking Dead, where <laughs> each week is an extension of the past to mm-hmm. the nth degree. I love watching those shows for that reason, mm-hmm. but I think what JB said is right, too, is that there's the right balance, right? There's a balance between trying to build your audience. This is the first season of this show, so they want new people to be able to come and not feel like they have to go back and watch five episodes um, because it's not on Netflix right now. I guess you could go on the CBS app and watch the, the previous episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. But for a new show that's just getting out there and someone casually watches for the week, I think you're right. It's important to have a um, a reward for first time viewers the same way that there is for us as um, us as regular viewers and watchers and fans. Super fans. Yeah. Yes. Super exactly. Fans. Super <laughs> fans. We are. Um. Yeah. No. Let's. I completely agree. I cannot wait until next episode because I, I am a huge fan so what right. with that do you guys want to go into uh, predictions sure let's do it, let's do it. alright and now you're after Buzz TV I love the lights I love the drop <laughs> let me be the first to predict Brian and Naz's daughter will be boyfriend and girlfriend <laughs> by the end of the next Ooh, episode. Nice. By the end boyfriend of the Boyfriend and girlfriend next, or just yes. out on a date? In a relationship, Bold. Facebook official. Well, full blownsies. Full blown boyfriend girlfriend relationship. Wow. I don't think it's going to be a relationship. Oh, I think, no. I think yes. they'll, you know. Sorry. I don't know. You <laughs> could have your prediction. I mean, Brian's good. I don't know if he's that good to do the whole hit it and quit it with Naz's daughter. He's, no, he's not going to. You know, this is saying, an altruistic character. He, he spends his extra NZT on helping out Naz's daughter. Naz's. Naz's. What? What would a cousin be? A niece? Nas's yes. niece, yeah, Nas's niece, getting out of a pirate situation. So he is truly altruistic. So I don't think he's going to be Mr. Wham Bam. Thank you, ma'am. He's going to right. invest in this in Nas's daughter. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have spent so much time on it. Maybe I'm just getting excited. And I want to see more <laughs> of her. So but, <laughs> well, yeah. Plus, you know, I I would love to see something um, deeper in 
Brian's life happen for for good, other than yes. you know getting Sour Patch Kids. That's a great point. You know yeah. he he yeah. is in the mail room. Come on, like he yeah. needs some rewarding story elements to happen, some good things that I would are. Love to see his dad again. That's true. We yes. haven't seen yes. him in a long time. I loved him. Yeah, and he's he's very good uh, as an actor, and we haven't heard much about his story or his medical condition and how he views what, what Brian is up to, mm-hmm. because Brian couldn't tell him. Remember last time the nurse showed up and uh, said to him, oh, you're going to do everything that we... He's going to be fine as long as he does everything we tell him to do. Mm-hmm. And it's the same veiled message, message to Brian. So we haven't had a health update. I think he's okay, um, that nothing's gone wrong. But I would like to see more of the family dynamic with I Brian, agree. too. I agree. So what's your prediction, then? Are you going to say that they're not going to get together? No, they are. Okay. They are. are. I just don't think yeah. they're going to be Facebook official by the end of the next episode. I think they're going to maybe go on Fair a date, enough. maybe kiss. Maybe spend the night. Oh, they're gonna not, kiss, all right. But yeah, yeah but not not they Facebook. Better. They were they were like they were literally right a split second Come away. On, like, man. there's no way he's walking away from that situation. There's <laughs> yeah. no way when you're that close yeah. with a girl and you're feeling it, you totally. go for it. There's exactly. no walking away from that at all. And now that he's got the green light from Nas, I think he's yeah. he's gonna go for it. Why why wouldn't he? <clears throat> they made so much of a point. About it, this episode, that it'd be, it'd almost be weird if it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Boyle. I think we might see more of Boyle as well. Good. Uh, I yeah. love Boyle. I, no, I love him I too. I think he's awesome. You no, know, Boyle, Boyle is awesome. And, you know, even that little bit about the whole brownies with uh, that, that other that coworker. That super like, cool, you know, by the way, yeah. She said, like, a half a line. Like, oh, yeah, yeah I made your favorite. And... You know, they were able to connect this whole backstory with them, like mm-hmm. how, um, you know, he knew her, she kept on to important files, like giving her a lot of the credit. It was a really, you know, effective way that they can build upon uh, these people in such quick ways. Mm-hmm. And I love that he came out good. I really thought that he was going to end up messing up. Right. Like, I knew that nothing, I knew that the file, it wasn't going to work out for him, but I right. thought that that might have maybe got him in trouble or something bad would have happened to him or that he would have come out, you know, Brian and Rebecca would have realized he's not someone they could trust. And right. I'm glad that that didn't happen. No, that's a good point. Because I was, I was watching it and I was like, oh, they're going to, they're going to not kill him, but like right. figuratively well, that they just makes him. that just makes that storyline so much more believable the way that he played it. If mm-hmm. If you were starting to doubt what his intention was, then that's a great credit. To Boyle, Boyle's yeah. character and and the way he was acted, to make you second guess it because Re- Rebecca gives him the USB drive, so we got to believe he's on her side. But he did a great job of going in and staying confident with his bosses. To ultimately, yeah, I agree. I, I was like, we don't know him too. that well. Yeah. He could be, you know, people want to look out for themselves. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point. I mean, I definitely got worried a little bit. I mean, in, when he was just with uh, A. Dick Johnson, I was like, okay, he's clearly playing him. But when he got pulled into the meeting with Paulson, you know, that was a guy that he had respected, you know, that there was a previous relationship with. He was very high up, you know, and, and these offers that they were making, the advancements of his career, it's like, whoa, what, like, he could actually take that side. Like, it would be very easy for someone to be swayed by that. Yeah. So I'm glad that, you know, he definitely... Stuck to his guns and was very moral and and for the good of the team. Again um, with morality. Morality. I said it's the all first about, time I was on the show, the show. It's very. I love how they play with morality. My yeah. favorite prop of the week, by the way, the um, schoolgirl Reaper pinball machine. Yes. That was super cool. Very cool. And I could very believe, specific. Very specific. <laughs> but I could believe that uh, Ahmad Wan would really want that. Yeah. Right. You could see the way that he his eyes lit up when Finch mentioned it. And it's just far-fetched enough to work. And mm-hmm. it works right. within the context of this show because it's quirky and funny. But it's becoming more and more real and believable as I watch it go on and on. I think maybe I would have shook my head to that right. four episodes ago. But now I go, that's kind of funny. That's a great <laughs> idea. You found his weak spot. Yeah. Um, so I, I might have to do a little prop of the week feature on our after show. Yeah, here, no, that's a really good idea. something really cool. I mean, yeah, it was a very unique situation um, and, and kind of a, a light and funny one. It, it was... Yeah. 
you know, I, I would love to be in the writer's room where they're trying to figure out these kind of quirks and stuff. Like, what should he, like, it's this gangster guy that used to be a pirate. Like, yeah. you know, a, a pin, like a pinball machine collector is such a, <laughs> like, you know, it's, there's so many nuances in just that aspect mm-hmm. that, you know, they can really build upon these characters. I can't wait till till next episode when uh, it looks like Brian has uh, either Mike or Ike dressed up in drag for Mike, a second. Yeah, it was so Mike. excited. I think Mike uh, is the tar black guy and Ike is the white guy. Right. Yeah. I think. Well, yeah. I mean, so, most times. Most up. times. Yeah. <laughs> most yeah. times. Yeah. Well, yeah. When they were playing uh, Screw, Mary Kill, it kind of flip-flops because... Obviously, those are neither of their names, so right. <laughs> they yeah. can kind of float between both of them. Those poor guys, they have to watch over Finch all the time, and I think Ike said that he got reassigned from the field office in yeah. Anchorage. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, that was another, like, kind of what would be normally, like, a meaningless, meaningless character. You mm-hmm. know, they did build uh, a... A backstory. Yeah. You know, like the whole Anchorage thing, falling asleep on a stakeout. Like, yeah. you know, you would expect that that would be someone like put in that position where it's like, okay, watch this guy that he doesn't move out of this file room. Yeah. Because that it's kind of a BS assignment. It reminds me of Glee when the Heather character, they gave her one line per episode and she was so funny and so good with each one line that eventually they built out more and more for her character. Mm-hmm. And I think that may be the strategy that's happening here is you give these guys little bits and, and see how the audience takes it and who becomes a more fan favorite and then expand on their story. I really like that. We know that he's from right. Anchorage. I actually just read a story on the I did a rod last week. So it was bringing up these images for me. Just a personal experience. Yeah, nice. uh, just sharing a little bit of it, yeah, Let's I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, cutting my cake with ice. <laughs> I miss you, Emily. Uh, but uh, um, at the same time, it, it triggers a place in time, and again, gives us more about their character that we can relate with next time we see them. A week from now, we will know more about Ike and, and his story, which I think <laughs> you know deepens our fandom for the show. Absolutely, can't no, I can't. I can't week. wait till next week. Um, Till then, where can the fans find you guys? Okay, cool. You can find me at AmandaFta31, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Cool. Thanks for listening this week, guys. I am Frank Myrana at Let's Go Frank M on Twitter. See you next week. Yeah, and you guys can find me at JB underscore Zimmerman. Please remember to rate and review the show. Yes. Hashtag ABTV Limitless. See you next week, guys. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 